0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Beard Talk Live, the uncensored free talk live after show. Learn more at beard.freetalklive.com. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits.
1: I've been calling you double bearded bastard now all <laughs> night, basically, because I remember uh, I don't know who the caller was, mm-hmm. uh, but somebody you know called you the fucking double bearded fucking bastard or something like that. Uh, and Richie Rich are uh, sometimes co-host on uh, Sundays at least mm. on Free Talk Live said he was listening to Beard Talk Live and he thought that that was one of the funniest things he ever heard and in defense of whoever that fucking caller was you do kind of ha- i mean you you have one beard but you have two giant braids mm-hmm. in your beard and so that's where the double beard cuz like you've got the braids hanging down but then the rest of your face is also bearded almost With in business full power style yeah.
2: more than one beard
1: yeah so <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that works. I know we were talking about uh, goatees a little while ago, not mm-hmm. here on this show, yeah, but
2: we were. Uh, I was waging the question: if you cut just the slightest strip down the middle of your beard, no mustache now, is that in fact no longer a beard but two sideburns? I
1: believe the answer is no, because I've been mm-hmm. thinking about it since the question was What's posited. What's the width requirement on that? I, I believe it is the corners of the mouth. Mm. because the the sideburns can come down all the way to, like, the corners of your mouth, and then they're pork chops, mm. right? That's the slang term for if you just have the big-ass sideburns coming all the way down, no uh, chin hair at all, and then no mustache as well, then you just have pork chops. You add the uh, the mustache in, it becomes something else. There, It's, mm. like, named after a guy. I don't know what the hell it's called. But there's another name for the the pork chops with the mustache. Right, so no goatee at all, mm. just pork chops. However long doesn't matter, uh, and and the mustache. There's a name for just that, where, where your chin is bald as well, mm. uh, and of course the name for the thing where you have no sideburns or pork chops, but a, a mustache and uh, the beard, and you don't even need the mustache, and it's called the goatee.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, which is technically what I have. Right, right. I have the mustache, and I, have the, right. I do have some sideburns, but I keep them like you know stubble, stubble length, like the rest of the hair on my balding head. Uh, so you would say that if I had only the width of my nose, you know,
2: like just enough for you to find out whether I'm a butt chin or not, just that much, (laughs) that would in fact be sideburns and two small beard portions.
1: Thus making you a double bearded bastard, which you already are. So, I mean, there's no need to go like re-double bearded bastard, double bearded bastarding, double bearded bastardizing yourself. There's no need for that because, well, you already are you. Mm. And and who am I? You're a double bearded bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Oh, so oh, you have another name? Yeah. Oh, uh, you. I figured we might want to start the show. <laughs> well, we kind of did already. <laughs> did
2: I... we? Have we? Yes,
1: you double-bearded bastard. (laughs) It just makes so much uh, uh, fun saying it in that way, right? Yes, you double-bearded bastard. Because if we are really starting the show, then we have to start in one way and one way only. There's a purpose that we do this show, and we must state the stated purpose of the show. That's a fact. Fuck Fuck the the FCC. FCC. That is the stated purpose of Beard Talk Live. Outside of you know entertaining you, that's not a stated purpose. Uh, hopefully, we're entertaining. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this?
3: This is this Corporal of Clarity, the Sergeant of Sanity. This is fucking Major Payne.
1: Major fucking pain. Welcome.
3: Major fucking pain. Hey, you guys remember last week we were talking about the Cal or the uh, Hawaiian wildfires?
1: <laughs> yeah and uh what's the mountain dew flavor maui blast
3: <laughs> oh goodness that's that's that sounds almost as bad as the last uh dale earnhardt joke i heard well,
2: well well don't worry major the government promises that it will step in and take that property
3: well anyway what there there evidently there was two uh boneheads that pretty much caused that thing one was the guy that Decided not to turn off the grid once the wires started arcing, because they can tell when there's brownouts and whatnot in a grid area. Yeah, we
1: knew we knew and scapegoats were coming.
3: Uh, the second one was another bonehead decided not to turn on the damn air raid sirens, yep. and he re- he ended up resigning about four days later in serious disgrace. Oh mm.
1: yeah, of course. Uh, these are the called... one time we needed you. Yeah these these are called scapegoats.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But anyway, um okay, let me give you a three letter acronym. If I tell if I say IRA, what do you think of?
1: The Irish Republican Army?
3: That's what popped into my head too, but you know what it stands for now? A savings oh, plan. It's the Inflation Reduction Act.
1: Inflation well, it's an act. They're not actually reducing inflation. They're just acting like oh, that. Oh,
3: I know, yeah, but they they they're tooting their own horn like and I think they're going to carry this into campaign season is the one damn thing they've done worth being. Season. This is all tied into the Green New Deal and electric cars and all that. Uh. And the reports I'm getting from the field is that people that are buying these electric cars are not happy with them, and they're taking them back, and they're not, or they're not buying again. But Ford, who's had the best-selling pickup truck for one or two decades now, is doubling down on these damn electric Ford trucks, and they're selling them at like a fifty thousand dollar loss or better. Oh yeah, and they're claiming that. Uh, well, I heard a spokesman for Ford say, "Well, our plan is to uh, catch them on the rebound. It's it, it's going to be the second time buyers where we're going to make our money." Right. Yeah. And yeah, and this whole thing ties into putting these freaking charging stations across the whole country and. And then you get into these self-driving damn things, that's a whole nother bag of
0: worms.
3: <laughs> you gotta like these sensors underneath every fucking highway where they're supposed to be able to go. Alright, here's an
1: I, here's an idea, I, idea Major. Lost. Here here's an idea. Uh I had I had spoken previously on the topic of uh, uh when AI and cryptocurrency decide to get together and uh make use of each other. Uh not that cryptocurrency can make decisions and, and AI kind of can when it's given, like, a, a vague instruction. Well, like how dare you metaphor. You know, like, like, yeah, like, create an app that does something like this, and, like, it'll go out, it'll find you the code, it'll try and build it for you, it'll show you what it did, and you'll be like, okay, that's not quite right, uh, do it, you know, and then you sort of drill down on it, you know. You... Okay, so, now, imagine cryptocurrency and AI are, are already working and, and humming along, mm-hmm. uh, and now uh, it creates... A self-driving uh, taxi business. Okay. <laughs> now you've got uh, autonomous businesses that aren't owned by anyone, hmm. but yet are subscribed to and paid for by, well, the, the customers it serves, which is humanity. Well, mm.
3: How do you tax that? I, they, I don't think they let that fly.
1: Uh, well, how are they going to stop it?
3: They have to put it underneath the guise of the Federal Aviation Administration, underneath Jetsons flying cars or some damn thing.
2: Well, yeah,
1: but I mean, like, who are they even going to put in jail, man? Right. All they can do is, like, let's just say that AI uh, started a flying taxi service, right? So now we're in the air, right? We're in the the FAA authority, right? The federal assholes and more assholes? No, uh, Federal Aviation Association. Administration, yes. Thank you. Uh— so uh, the the best government can do is shoot these things down right <laughs> like like that's what they can do like they're already going to be uh, able to avoid like commercial air traffic right because well air traffic is broadcast right and it's also restricted to within a certain uh you know i don't distance within the atmosphere right so there's all these like zones where commercial air Traffic doesn't fly, that a flying taxi could certainly fly. Uh, and, you know, without any restriction legally, right? But let's just say it flew, you know, in commercial space, but was able to successfully avoid all commercial air traffic and deliver its customer to the correct place. Um, w- there is no one to arrest, right? Uh, at best, they would have to shoot these things down out of the sky or perhaps try and figure out where these things are located, uh, and, you know, confiscate them with which the AI could then come up with ways to circumvent that as well.
3: I have personally seen unexplained aerial phenomenon as we call them.
2: I'm convinced Uh, the vast majority of that is either, and these are two very different categories, uh, so most of it of the just like it's out there that uh, the first kind mm-hmm. uh, encounters of the first kind. I think most of that's just uh, it's plasma reactions. Like our our model doesn't contain the fact that there's this massive plasma system between all of the planets and all of the stars. It's there. It's all. It, you know how they have those really yeah. cool colors in certain space photos? That's because they colorized what's invisible, the, the but you can see how it connects it, right, yeah. everything. And they that's called it plasma because it looks like nice, blood. Like the way it moves. Is
3: that
2: what to
1: the Northern Lights? Aurora Borealis. Yeah, yes. yeah exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Aurora Borealis is a, a, another example of uh, of plasma activity, and it's just that people are completely unfamiliar with plasma, which is why, like, wait, ball lightning? What the hell is that? Well, we really haven't spent much time on you know looking into how plasma works. So when it does these weird things, okay, it went here and then it stopped and then it went ninety degrees over here, way too fast. Yeah we we're just totally unfamiliar with how plasma works. So Yeah,
3: I remember the good old days when plasma was something you sold at the clinic when you were broke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what it got named after. Was uh the the person who discovered it thought that it looked way too much like the way that blood moves.
1: There's probably uh, a connection there. Like, yeah, I, you know, there's probably to... other things in the universe that move like that that, you know, maybe we haven't discovered yet, or someone hasn't sort of been like, hey, that moves just like blood or plasma or something. You know, yeah, I, mean... I bet you there's a connection there because um, even uh, science fiction, like, first of all, I think science fiction to some extent is responsible for uh, the knee jerk fear of new technology uh, because so many films and television shows and everybody knows which one i'm talking about for terminator right mm-hmm. uh you know have been like oh my gosh the machines take over and they want to kill humans right uh, everybody's afraid of that mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have to be for the same reason you don't have to be afraid of trains ripping you apart when you board them right because uh, the technology is just a tool right if anything's going to destroy humanity it'll be the responsibility of another human They might use tools to achieve their goals, Mm -hmm. you know, like an AI or or a hammer or a gun or a bomb or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's the humans that are trying to destroy the humans, not the machines, not the AI. Mm -hmm. AI is never going to sit around and go, these pesky humans are really pissing me off. The difference between AI and humanity, and, and I don't think this can be overcome anytime soon, is that humanity has imaginations. Mm. AI does not. AI right. takes a set of instructions and tries to figure out how to accomplish them. Right. Right?
3: right. Captain, since you brought the train thing back up again, what were the next couple things that really freaked humanity out when they got invented?
2: <laughs> All right. You uh, got
3: me intrigued now. Well, well, I
2: mean, you're, you're probably right. old enough to have, uh, well, maybe not, of uh, like the uh, television or color television.
3: Yeah, I remember we used to have black and whites, and you had to be kind of rolling fat to have a color TV.
2: Did you ever hear any scare stories about TVs?
1: Oh, well, hey, come on. Don't spoil the articles now.
3: (laughs) Scary stories about TVs? You mean like they suck you in the tube or
1: something? Uh, Here, let let me start with the next one uh, since you asked me here. Hang on, hang on. So this is the next one. The New York Times attacked the telephone in the late 1800s. We now live in a world where five minutes without a cell phone seems like an eternity, so it's hard to imagine that at one point, many people wanted nothing to do with telephones at all. When telephones were introduced in the late 1800s, the New York Times was quick to attack. The paper's critique of the technology included the suggestion that telephones would only be used to invade people's privacy. One contributor even went so far as to say that the telephone introduced society to a slippery slope where we would soon be nothing but transparent heaps of jelly to each other. Other attacks on the telephone insisted that it would make society lazy and antisocial, and some even claimed the new technology would be used to communicate with the dead. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this?
4: Hey, this is Tim from Porter.
1: Hey, Tim from Florida. This is the captain from New Hampshire, and Peakless, it's also from New Hampshire.
4: Uh, Captain Peakless, I see you. Uh, I can't, well, I can hear you on the phone. I can't, I, I can't. Okay, you know, it's a different device. Pork chops.
1: Pork chops, yes. Pork chops. On the subject of beards, yeah. we talked about this earlier. Mm. Uh, uh, go, go ahead.
4: Yep. Now, what is the difference between a pork chop and a mutton chop?
1: Ooh. That's a good question. I feel like we should know this because of the name of our show.
2: Well, as he's pointed <laughs> out. That's actually outside of our uh, scope of practice. That's true. I would like to know anyway.
4: I I think I know the answer, and maybe somebody else can correct me, but uh, not but. uh like uh,
1: But, uh, right, yeah.
4: <laughs> well, so my boss kept asking me why I'm late every day, and I, I kind of felt like it was just a good question.
1: You're going to blame your beard for being late to work? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm like every day the reason's different. So, so how can I tell you why I'm late every day? Oh, well, like, do you want <laughs> me to make a list? How long do you have? So, what? so I apologized. You know, I apologized, and I said, "Well, I'll, I'll try to do better." And the next day, I made it on time. And she said, uh-huh. "What did you do different?" I said, "I skipped shaving."
1: Oh, mm. behold so, the power uh, of beard! Yes.
4: Yeah, out of spite, I started only shaving the mustache, the hair around my face, and the middle of my chin. And so now, now I'm growing. So I think, I think if you let the hair continue to grow down your chin, but you still shave the middle of your chin, I think that's a mutton chop.
1: So a quick search says mutton chops are basically sideburns, but instead of being trimmed straight down to the side of the face, they're allowed to grow further onto the cheeks to the edge of the mouth. So that uh, solidifies my edge of the mouth comment from earlier. But mm-hmm. um, your question wasn't what's the difference between sideburns and mutton chops, though, right? What was your question? Yeah,
4: yeah. No, that, that, that was my, oh, my was it? question. Okay.
1: Yeah, apparently uh, I, sideburns I don't... don't, I don't think... Sideburns are shorter, I guess. They don't go down the cheek, so they end... Basically, uh, you know, at the jawline or something along those lines. Uh, but if you let them grow forward, like underneath your eye, down the cheek, all the way to your mouth, that's when they become mutton, apparently. Hmm.
2: You know what I just realized? Hmm. Okay. You know the the uh, the handlebar mustache, right? Yes. Okay. So if you remove the part that we're usually talking about when we say mustache. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just that little region, that is the Ukraine of your face. <laughs> the it is. It is How the so? borderland of your beard, your sideburns and your mustache. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. It's the disputed I, territory.
4: I wish I was following
2: that one. Well, do you know what a handlebar mustache looks like? Right. Okay, so if you if you think of just the part below your lips. Okay. That part is the disputed
1: territory of your face. I gotcha. All right, so Total, man. Total. The, the Fu Manchu is the thin, narrow mustache that grows downward in two very long tendrils uh, from the upper there. It almost looks like you don't have anything underneath your nose. It's just the, the little sides, and they grow down uh, and in a pointed fashion.
2: Is a Fu Manchu what evolves out of a handlebar mustache if you just let it go?
1: Mmm, I don't know. I'm looking for... Or,
2: are those long parts grown out of a completely different part of the face?
1: Well, so if you're talking about the handlebar mustache where the, the, the ends sort of point upward, like towards your eyes or towards the top of your head... That's not a handlebar mustache. No, but that's called a dolly. D-A-L-I, mm. Uh Yeah. Named it, after Salvatore dolly. Uh, there's one I'm looking for specifically... Hulk Hogan was, of course, the horseshoe mustache. Um, I,
4: I think to have a true Fu man uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not being racist like like oh one race is superior to another. I'm just saying that uh, I think to have a true Fu Manchu, chew, you you have to be Asian because you have a it's a finer hair,
2: sure.
1: it's
4: a more um, like silky silky hair.
1: Yeah, they, in fact, have a picture, a black and white picture of what looks like, a, you know, a Kung Fu theater guy with the, the Fu Manchu mm. uh, as the illustration well, here.
2: to pull it off, maybe. It's pretty badass. But how so. dare you tell me what kind of facial hair I can and cannot have?
1: Dude, holy fuck. Frank, oh, I'm, not. I'm not. Frank Zappa has facial hairstyle named after him. It's called the Zappa. Really? Yeah, and what it is is it's the, the, the full mustache. Right, going down to to the the corners, past the corners of of your mouth, and then no sideburns, no goatee, but the soul patch—that's the hair that grows on the underside of your bottom lip. I believe I found what I was looking for, and it's called—I think I'm pronouncing this right—the who—the who he h-u-i-l-h-e-e, similar to friendly mutton chops or side whiskers but trimmed mustache and sideburns. It originates in Hawaii. This picture they show shows a guy with, you know, what look to be mutton chops, uh, but they're just slightly undergrown and not as long, uh, but reveal the chin entirely. So he's got a mustache, he's got the sideburns, and then the cheeks are also grown over, but they, they hang down uh just at like the uh the jawline level instead of growing further uh apparently that's a hulihi so, how
0: do you spell hulihi
1: h u l i h e e it apparently originated in hawaii of all places
4: huh.
1: so at least this is according to wikipedia so they could be wrong yeah. we know wikipedia is edited by people and people are wrong so you know yeah,
4: but I mean, a, a, a subject like that. I mean, you would really, really have to be some kind of beard nerd to sabotage a Wikipedia page about <laughs> hooligans.
1: What would be fun is if somebody were to like replace a couple of these photos with like, oh, I don't know, peakless mountaineer, hmm. myself, some of our callers who have beards. <laughs> you know, that'd be funny.
4: Hey, uh, before so, I drop off the line here, because I, I actually do need to go, I, I work tomorrow, but uh, I just wanted to mention uh, for anyone and also to let you know, any, I you know I did order a Beard Talk Live shirt. It's great. Hell uh, yeah.
1: Thanks, man. We yeah. appreciate that.
4: No, I mean, it's not a second one. I told you before. But anyway, so what I wanted to say is if you wear a medium normally, order a large. The, oh, really? Because, and this happened to me before I ordered uh, a T-shirt. Uh, band. Uh, it's like doom metal called uh, Paul Bearer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard of him.
4: And, uh, yeah, it was a real nice shirt and uh, I ordered a medium and it's, I, the first time I wore it, it fit fine. Same as the Beer Talk Live shirt and then I washed it and it shrunk and it was like a small. Uh, and, um, I'm just going to order another one. It's no big deal. I'm going to give that one to my nephew.
1: Nice. Thanks for yeah. the advertising. We appreciate it.
4: Yeah, but I just want to let you know, like, you might want to mention that to, to people.
1: Yeah, I uh, I usually wear a three X T shirt because well, I'm not a uh, small bastard. I'm a I'm a, I'm a large bastard, uh, and uh, I got my three X Beard Talk Live and Captain Kickass shirts, and and they fit me fine. So it might just be you know the the smaller sizes, uh, or yeah. you know perhaps uh, you know they used a different shirt on your order. I'm not sure how how that all transpires. It, it, can,
4: it can all be mislabeled. That happens too, but you know if it's if the shirts are originally manufactured, I've always suspected, I don't know, and it's because I worked at Old Navy, and the size runs, uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't match uh, accurately. Yeah. But one of the reasons was to make people feel better.
1: Right. Get them
4: to buy more. Um, it, but the other thing was, like, a lot of these things, they're made in Asian countries, and I always wondered, I don't know, but I always wondered if it's, like, their version
1: like, like oh yeah and they think medium small
4: it's a different uh, uh, spectrum
1: i did know what you That's mean fun. about the the sizing thing to try and make people feel better because uh if i if i'm at a normal store you know uh, a regular retail clothing outlet you know uh kmart or kohl's or target something like that uh, old navy that kind of stuff uh i get a 3x however If I go into the extra-large men's store, I am suddenly a 1X. (laughs) So, yeah, I was like, hey, how come I'm, you know, so much smaller in this? No, 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 they're just labeling things differently. And, you know, in the regular world, I'm a 3X, but in the fat world, I'm a 1X. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this?
5: Well it's not the fucking Sandman, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, hello, not the fucking Sandman, that's for sure.
5: <laughs> hey, I kinda I was looking up online, there's this website here called istockphoto.com. Mm-hmm. dot com. It's a dude, there's over thirty three thousand beard styles uh and uh illustrations nice. about people it. wear their beards.
1: Which one's yours?
5: Uh, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, it, it's, I don't know, maybe a short goatee. Mm. You know, I think Peekless has, uh, his is uh, a hipster beard. How fucking dare <laughs> you? <laughs> uh,
1: he doesn't have a Pabst Blue Ribbon in his hand, so I'm not sure that that's applicable.
2: Oh, which I <laughs> meant to mention earlier that the Pabst Blue Ribbon is the thing that lands equally between the upkeep beer and the blackout beer,
1: oh, the maintenance beer, and the, yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly Yeah,
1: that. yeah PBR is just a, a a lesser quality, heavier tasting beer than Coors Light. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
5: that. But came, it's uh, cheap I enough to be your blackout beer during uh uh when the uh what is it the uh, the Beatniks when they came out was real popular.
2: <laughs> the
1: nicks. Yeah, wasn't there a whole? Uh, See,
2: beatnik seems like way more complimentary of an idea than a hipster.
1: Wasn't there like a whole uh, vernacular, like almost a second language surrounding the the beatniks? Isn't that where like, uh, you know, I don't know, like, uh, uh, it was on the tip of my tongue and now it's gone. Mm. Um, hey, like groovy, hey. That, didn't that come from the beatniks? Do you know what you do with hipsters? Uh, toss them bar soap. Throw, oh, them 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 the <laughs> right. Throw them in the river. Throw in the river and say, "Who's
2: mainstream now?"
1: <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking of how do you hide money from a hippie, uh, and the answer is put it under the soap.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think wasn't it Lemmy's the one that made uh, mutton chops real popular, wasn't he?
1: Uh no. I mean, maybe within rock and roll perhaps, but, I mean, they existed well before. Yeah, I've
5: never heard of that style until I saw it, and he was the only one that I knew that wears it.
1: Well, sure, but, I mean, if you go just look at the Wikipedia page, all of these pictures are of ancient dudes, you know, far older than Lemmy. Uh, Not all of them, but a large majority of them are, you know, ancient dudes. There's even one that was like a painting of a guy. Yeah, there it is. Uh, The English mustache is a painting of a guy. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of these guys, uh, these styles. I mean, just think about how long humans have been alive, and how long you know trimming and you know grooming your facial hair has been around. All of these styles had to have been invented long before any of us were alive, uh, as oh, near as I can cool. tell. So,
5: yeah, I mean, over thirty three thousand styles. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that
1: that reminds me of like what happened to heavy metal. Like there used to only be like. One kind of heavy metal, and then yeah. and then there was like four, right? And you're like, oh, that's weird. Okay, so we got we got thrash metal, we got death metal, we've got uh, glam metal, right? Uh, and I'm trying to remember what the other one Black was. Black metal uh, that, that came later, Black yeah. Black metal. Uh, so at any rate, then all of a sudden there was like three billion genres, and now I just can't keep them straight. I oh, can't anymore. remember what the original four were though. Uh, yeah, I mean that's how bad it is, right? Like I can't I even I think remember once what you got to for. 3
2: it just started reproducing. I'm I'm died. pretty sure it did, yeah. Uh
1: doom metal, listen- stoner well- metal, right? Those all came up later.
2: Ooh, math metal, that's my favorite. Yep. Yep. Cuz we should I really only, play uh, so fast that I no like human can play to. it.
1: What's that, Rob?
5: I said I only listen to the metal that I like.
1: I mean, that's true for most people, right? You know, unless somebody else is hanging well, out with you and they don't like your music. You know, I mean, that happens.
2: Well, yeah. my favorite use of metal is uh, put on some Norma Jean to wake up to.
1: You will wake up.
5: <laughs> yep. know,
1: uh, one of my former roommates had, I'm just going to say, an absurdly loud stereo system. Right. Uh, he He bought it to be able to crank tunes. Uh, at his parents' place, which was way out in the woods, and nobody would ever hear it no matter how hard, how loud he cranked it up. And so then, uh, then he moves to the big city, and he brings this behemoth old stereo system now, separate receiver, right, all that kind of stuff, all the different components, and liquid-cooled speakers, right? You know, this is uh, <laughs> you know high-tech of many, many moons ago. But uh, it had a clock built into it with which you could set an alarm. Mm. And if you uh, armed the CD deck with a or several CDs, you could select the exact track that you would want to wake up to. And so uh, Slayer's Rain and Blood, right, uh, was the chosen track. And he woke up the entire goddamn house. This house was three stories tall. It was a, we'll call it a triplex. Uh, So it was, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six bedrooms. So and I think there was like eight people because some people were coupled up and whatever in this house and it's just a bunch of roommates sharing a house, right, getting by. Uh and so one day his alarm goes off at like fucking six AM right and the whole house is like, What the fuck, man? I just I, I woke up, I opened my eyes, I'm like uh-huh. I just started laughing. <laughs> I was like I couldn't I couldn't not laugh not laugh I'm like, you just woke up the whole house with fucking slayer. Nifty fifty. Episode fifty Beard Talk Live is middle-aged. Yeah. No, that would only be if we did one episode a year. <laughs> but since uh, we do them weekly, we did skip a couple of weeks, mm. so...
2: They don't count. That's our I, outside time.
1: Right, I understand, but, like, does does it count that we have been doing the show for a calendar year, even though the number of episodes doesn't match up to doing one every week? Mm. Yes and no. Yes well, and happy no.
2: anniversary! Uh, since it's fifty, it's our golden anniversary. Ha ha! Uh, I didn't get you anything. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh! I did get you this bank collapse. Ah, uh,
1: that's nice of you. <laughs> Just uh, kind
2: of ongoing.
1: Yeah, I got you uh, that organization out of New York. I can't remember their name right now. That. Uh, they're a, a group of, uh, combat veterans and they go around to, uh, schools trying to convince kids not to join the military. Well,
2: yeah, I'd, that's pretty fucking good news, man. I'd, I'd say you shouldn't have, but I'm really glad someone
1: did. Well, yeah, that it, no, it's, it's like the piece of news. Like when I just, I was just like, yes, this is fucking awesome. Mm. Holy fuck, it's about goddamn time. It's like the reverse of, well, what the state does. They send cops into schools to give the entire school, you know, have an assembly or whatever you want to call it, uh, and give them a talk about why they should join the military, right? Right. Well, it's about time some people who joined the fucking military and are like, fuck, don't join the military, like got out and talked to some kids about, fuck, don't join the military. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that should be their slogan. Fuck, don't join the military. (laughs) You might
2: get invited to fewer uh, public schools that way, but uh, it would be a little more accurate. Now, what I love about that is it's just people doing the thing. Like, there's there's no, like, oh, we don't need to incorporate ourselves as a 501c3. I mean, I don't know. Really, what it comes down to is just, okay, you, you see the terrible thing that they are submitting us to. Mm-hmm you can see what the opposite of that would be and you're capable of performing it yeah so they do and yeah that's exactly what it takes like th- this is saving countless lives like it, it 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 might be accelerating the end of uh what what's that word for when the state murders people
1: democide
2: yes democide
1: slowing the rate of democide.
2: But it's definitely slowing the rate of democide. Yeah. It might be accelerating the end of democide. Yeah. Because if if hiring soldiers just becomes prohibitively expensive, then it doesn't get done. Yeah. Just like every other human activity.
1: Yeah, one of the things um I wonder is what if they decided to turn the draft back on? You know what I mean. What if what if they decided to throw that lever? Like I'm I'm well, pretty sure. I, I mean, they won't dare. I'm pretty sure that like like no one has ever campaigned on if you elect me, I'm going to turn the draft back on. And people went, yeah, that's a great idea, because it's not. It's a horrible idea. The draft is conscription. It's slavery. Uh, Yeah, murder
2: slavery, in fact.
1: Yeah, murder... Not
2: just slavery, not just mass (laughs) murder, but, like, you enslave people as murderers. Right,
1: yeah. You you train them to be such. Yeah. Yes, you recruit them, you you break them down and build them up into the thing that you want them to do, which is uh, an efficient killing Mm -hmm. machine. And there's no chance that they're going to do that because...
2: I don't even think they want to know at this point what their uh, <laughs> probability of success is mm. on that. Like because re- that's the thing a certain amount of people always refuse. But the um, the percentage of the people yeah. that refuse is a very telling piece of information. And I'm pretty sure that even they yeah. don't want to know it, let alone give us the chance to know how many of us are already refusing to comply with
1: genocides. Conscientious objecting uh you know uh, that's a phrase that I didn't know what it meant for the longest time, you know. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it. Like I, that's why I am how, why I am in the way I am and how I even like I think that particular phrase because it's stuck in my head is how I became uh, anarchist or voluntarist, right? How I how I realized I'm like, oh, oh, I see, <laughs> right? You know, um, that one may have you know, been more responsible, like as a seed that I just carried around with me while I was still a statist, mm. right? Uh, but, it, you know, we talk about planting seeds, and eventually people just sow it together for themselves. So many times I've asked people, you know, how did you become a libertarian, a voluntarist, an anarchist, whatever, you, you know, word you wish to describe it? And and they'll go something like this. Uh, well, I think that I always was. Mm. Because, like, their brain just sewed it all together one day. And and they're like, oh, I get it. Okay. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? Hey,
0: this is Riley. How's it going, guys?
1: Riley, what's up, man?
0: Oh, not a whole fuck ton. I'm just hanging out in New Hampshire, listening to Beard Talk Live. And I wanted to talk about the ability that we have as people to stand up against the government. and. You know, if we do it every single day, then we're going to make changes. I think about civil disobedience yeah. in New Hampshire and how that's made some changes. You know, Bonnie just won her court case yep. with a parking ticket. And, you know, these things are are easy to win here for us because we keep fighting the tickets. We don't pay the fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> And we just we're gonna waste the government's time and pay, not pay the parking ticket. Well, everyone else just knuckles down and I'll just pay the ticket and I'll 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 pay the fine or whatever. Yeah, most people don't
1: even think of it. They're like, oh shit, another bill I gotta pay by the end of the month. Right? Yeah, they think it's just and, like a, a par for the course on your on your journey through life. Oh, it's just a thing that happens and you just pay it. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. I've paid parking tickets, but also I haven't gotten one in a really long time either. So
0: if you get one, are you taking it to court? I would hope so. I would hope so too. I'd, I'd love to experience that. Uh,
1: I'm not going to go out of my way trying to get one though. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> if it happens, I yeah. Right. Idea. But like, I'm not going to, yeah.
1: you know, I'm not that kind of a guy. I mean, I think speaking uh, the way that i do as often as i do about how much i dislike uh, the apparatus known as the state right uh, that uh, i put myself out there uh, i am taking risks uh, as are all of the hosts who do this show uh, and you know the callers too to some extent because we know the fbi is listening uh, they they made that <laughs> abundantly Abundant. clear in court, <laughs> yeah. you know, during Ian's yeah, trial yeah. and Arya's trial, that that they were like they were like here's a clip from last night's show. So clearly they're listening and listening daily, mm-hmm. right, to the show. I <laughs> up. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, so there, you know, at the beginning of the program, we do the amble. Uh, and because, well, fuck the FCC. Uh, Riley, we've got <laughs> you here again tonight. Do you want to do the uh, the other thing? What do we call it? Yeah, let's do it. The amble? Well, this is the amble. Yeah, uh, it was we, the we did the preamble.
0: Is the preamble, fuck yeah, the, the FCC, because fuck the FCC. Yeah, fuck
1: the FCC. Fuck the FCC. <laughs> uh, let's, let us do the amble. Are you ready?
0: All right. Yes, I'm here, ready.
1: Here we go. Shit, Shit piss, 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 fuck, piss, fuck, cunt. cunt. Coxsucker, cocksucker, motherfucker, mother,
0: mother, and tits. And tits. <laughs> Perfect. <Nice. laughs>
1: all right. Uh, what else did you want to say about human beings in the planet so, we have?
0: So you know, we we have all this power, and we're not using it to be sovereign individuals over ourselves and be gods over ourselves. Basically, yeah, we're it's terrifying. Outsourcing our our spirituality to someone else who <laughs> is going to interpret magical uh,
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We we. Uh, <laughs> Not not we, but like so many of our species are deciding to throw away that part of them that is creative. And because right. it's creative, it is created in the image of the creator Right, is another way to say that idea. Like, yeah, to take that and be like, nope, I'm going to wipe my ass with that. And never make decisions on my own because then I would have to face consequences and know that I caused them. And that kind of self-awareness is just too damn uncomfortable for me. So instead, I'm not only going to hand mine over, I'm going to force you to hand yours over so I feel better about having handed over my ability to make choices for myself. Yeah, And we'll pretend that that's how we have a society, a civilization, a community.
1: Somebody claimed... Uh uh, the, the word hyper-responsible as a requirement to be, uh, you know, a voluntarist, mm-hmm. someone of of that ilk. And I, I don't think that that's true. In fact, I think that, I think if you look at the non-aggression principle as sort of a, a good rule of thumb, right, on on how to go about your life, right, that you will probably experience something that looks like you're a more responsible person, right? Because you just identify things in a simple way.
2: I would say that we are starved of responsibility. Like, the very desire for freedom is the desire to make choices that have consequences. Mm -hmm. And that is a desire for responsibility. That's true, yeah. So, I, I mean, the very... Want of freedom is recognizing that we don't have the responsibility that we're supposed to have.
1: Yeah. We don't have the ability to Hmm. choose for ourselves those things. They are chosen for us. We had no consent in the matter. We weren't asked. We didn't sign up. We didn't go, yep, I'm totally down with that. Because if you came to me, if you came to any reasonable person today with like this idea of like, Hey, uh, let's force people out of half of everything that they work for, and uh, just keep it mostly for ourselves and a bunch of our friends, uh, and create a, a large, uh, you know, institution of violence to control the rest of the world. <laughs> Would you be like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> sign yeah. me up. Where the fuck do I sign? No, you'd be like, fuck off. That's horrible. But yet we just tolerate it. Like not we, but like the regular. Folk, right, and uh, the the statists, right, the people who are of the belief that they need to outsource these things to a large organization of violence. Any massive change in environment has
2: the potential to end the species, and I'm the fact is that in that humans we are people... the ones changing our environment. Riley? I'm going to
0: suggest that when people, because you know people fear the unknown, is may might be an evolutionary thing because. You know, you feel, experience the unknown emotions or unknown sounds or whatever. It might be your survival. Sure, life.
1: it's a survival instinct.
0: And so, you know, we got to learn how to deprogram ourselves, basically, and stop living in a fear oh, world.
1: It's it's called courage. <laughs> I agree. All right, people and just need to have a little more. the
0: reason why I'm here in New Hampshire is, is I'm trying to exercise some courage in my life to live free in an unfree world, even if. I, the world I'm trying right. to live free in is my own inner world.
1: Having made the move myself, congratulations and welcome home.
2: Yeah, you're Thank in the right you. place.
1: Yeah, it, it <laughs> does take... And you're going to go through a period of adjustment, man. You know, uh, we we all do. Uh, but uh, I, I can't say that I would rather be anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so, so hard from time to time.
1: I think that might be one of the... Uh, the most unifying factors mm. uh, of you know the the liberty movement in New Hampshire is that we've all outside a of the
2: shared adversity.
1: Yeah, uh, outside of the folks who are part of like the Free State Project or are friendly to the communities that that were born here and grew up here, like everyone else moved here intentionally, mm. and and that is the for me the big bonus the intention. Mm. Right now, yeah. Some people are going to come here and make it a little worse. Some people are going to come here and make it a little better. We uh,
2: we all decided to pick up the same cross, right. so to speak. Uh, like we picked up this uh, okay. set of difficulties.
1: Yes. We've this all, tribulation. But it's the intention part. We intend to be more free. Right. Now, I know this about human beings. Um, when it comes to stuff like uh, like weight loss, right, uh, there have been uh, people who have been able to lose uh, weight Just by thinking about losing weight every day intentionally, right? Like it's at the forefront of their mind. They remind themselves to think about, you know, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about losing weight right now. If you have an internal monologue going on inside your head, that's what you're telling yourself. And, like, people apparently have lost 10, 15 pounds just by thinking about it. Because now it's they intend to, right? They're not really consciously taking any actions, right? So if you can change... Uh, people 's intent, or at least concentrate intent uh in an area, I think that that has far more power than uh a military than an empire right I think the power of intent is what is going to uh, make the freedom movement successful. Hmm. We all intend to be successful. We come together intending to be successful. Mm-hmm. As a community, help each other, you know, through the ups and downs and that kind of a thing. But, like, we just intend to be more free. And I think it's because of that that we will accomplish it. Mm. I don't know how that's going to happen just yet.
2: Well, I can yeah. say that on on at least the very least level, the fact that we have the same intention mm-hmm. means that on a, on a quantum physics level... Because we are measuring the same thing, we are all adding our ability to move it into energy or matter at the same time. So on a quantum physics level, that that really does intensify the power of each organism hmm. by having it on the same intention. You put it on the same measurement. Right. So yeah, every single one that we add to this brings more of it into reality which is why you see things starting to sprout like uh oh let's just reverse the thing where they like brainwash them into joining the military oh yeah we could just go (laughs) do that couldn't we yeah let's just go reverse that oh
1: flip the switch yeah
2: and it's important we gotta flip that switch in our
0: own minds too
2: yeah
1: that's that's a good uh, term for I think what happens to statists when they become voluntarists, a switch. Right? Yeah. That's that's the only way I can describe it. When the switch went off, it was probably like a good year before, like I felt comfortable as a person again. <laughs> like I was a bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. in my skin, you know. I am like, oh my god it really is a bunch of bullshit and like it's just people contr- like like holy fuck here's all of the evidence oh and I'm so I'm so blind I couldn't see right you know I, I just I, I just I couldn't tell like I, I felt like the Wizard of Oz the Matrix right you know we're like oh my god and then the first thing you want to do is fucking tell everybody Yeah. <laughs> you're like I, I everybody like guess what I found out you're not gonna believe me and then they don't
2: you know, what would be really beautiful, is if uh, we went just went ahead and ratified uh, something like what actually got proposed, where we just say, "Yeah, drug war's over in New Hampshire. Like, we're not going to do any of the federal uh, narcotics laws, like
1: here. Oregon did with the."
2: Yeah. We just said, "Yep, so, yeah, we're we're just not doing federal sure. narcotics law here."
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fucking great. Yeah. Yep.
2: I mean. Look, I'm glad that not everyone fell for the whole, like, universal lockdown police state for eternity thing, but, like, we need to get out of that the fact that we actually own our bodies and get to pick what their medicines are and what they aren't.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Can't have people have too much freedom there, Peekla.
2: They might abuse it. Oh, I know. Scary. It's scarce. It should
1: be. It should be that people cannot have too much freedom. Not that people cannot have right. Like it's like well, I seek the maximum amount of freedom possible. <laughs> Hopefully, you yeah. all do too. Uh, I. But most people are like, yeah, I got like ten percent freedom. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think that's not enough, man. You know, I need more than that. And so here I am. Yeah, I'd just like to see it tried. Like, look, we tried all
2: of the other versions of statism. We've done all of them. Everything. Every crazy bullshit idea you come up with, we've tried. It all sucks. Multiple times. Could we just try the other thing once? Just once. Just to see what happens.
1: Uh, You you immediately make everybody a president. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) You are now president of your fucking self.
5: Congratulations.
1: Yeah. You have been elected. Yeah. To be president of a very important thing, you. (laughs) You now get to make all of the decisions about everything that you ever do uh, from here on up. Well, that's radical responsibility. That makes me an extremist, apparently. Yeah. Like, I want you to be the president (laughs) of yourself, right? the best candidate look in the mirror it's you run your own damn fucking life i've got it leave everybody leave else to fuck alone. alone i've
2: got it we'll counteract leave the the, the uh uh the bad name we got with anarchism with uh radib- radical radical
1: <laughs> yeah i'm a
2: radical <laughs> responsibleist.
1: yeah people are like you got <laughs> radicalized no i got rationalized mm. right? i became more <laughs> rational right and like oh Rational people don't do things like that. Right? Oh, rational people behave in this way. Oh, I am more rational. Right? I didn't get radicalized. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's more it, which is it, radical or rational to want everyone to voluntarily enter into every agreement ever. Is that radical or rational? I think it's rational.
0: I'd say rational.
1: Yeah. Why not both? Well, it is radical. Rationalism. Yeah. Oh, did we invent a thing?
2: Radical rationalism. Yeah. Mm. The two R's. Radical rationality. Uh, Yeah. Nah, nah. It's got to be a movement. Let's go with (laughs) ism. (laughs) Now give me tithe. Damn it.
1: Fucking me. I hate isms. (laughs) Here is your armband. (laughs) I will give you a rank. Uh, if the uh if the laundry soap tide ever runs into like financial trouble, they could just change their name to tithe and then charge ten percent more. Yeah, they just
2: uh <laughs> they just restructure as uh, as a religion and then they uh, don't have to pay the taxes. It's great.
1: Scientists recreated a Pink Floyd song from a listener's brainwaves. So they attached uh, some neural sensors to a person's head and they uh, asked the person to remember uh, a song that they know very well, and it just happened to be a Pink Floyd song, uh, Another Brick in the Wall, mm-hmm. uh, Part 1, and just to try and listen to it in his head from memory, right? See if he could hear the song and like imagine that he was listening to the song in his head from memory. Mm-hmm. And so he did that. And the sensor array was able to you know, run through a computer and an algorithm and some software, whatever the fuck. And it actually played back the song. It's muffled, you know that kind of a thing. I don't know if we actually have audio on this. Uh, no, that's that.
2: Well, that is deeply disturbing.
1: Uh,
2: like, oh crap! We we are well, I, a lot closer I'm sorry, to dream wasn't,
1: reading than I thought we were. It wasn't. It wasn't one person. There were twenty nine participants mm. who were asked to do the, the huh. thing from memory. And so I think we have audio. Give me just a second here. I think this will do it. Yep. For those of you not familiar with the actual song, here's the original.
2: Well, that's disturbing.
1: Wait, uh, one, one more time with the with the one that it was reconstructed. I mean, that's for for getting that from people's brains, right? Like, just the fact that they can get it and it resembles the thing that they were going for, right? If they were even indeed going for it, they must have. They played uh, the, the Pink Floyd song to 29 participants with epilepsy. So these were epileptics, hmm. specifically. I wonder hmm. why they chose epileptics. Uh, as treatment for their epilepsy. Oh, that's why they chose Uh, The participants already had electrodes implanted in their brains per the time. So uh, this was a subset of people that were already outfitted for for gear, for brain-computer interface. That's why they chose them. Uh, They had electrodes already implanted in their brains. The song played in the operating room while the patients underwent surgery meant to prevent seizures, according to Fortune's Aaron Prater. The researchers trained a computer model on the brain data from participants as they listened to about 90% of the Pink Floyd song, but the remaining 10%, a 15-second clip from the middle of the track, was left out of the training data. Uh, Instead, the team asked the algorithm to recreate the section of the music from the brain activity based on patterns it had learned. The team trained 128 models each operating at a different frequency, and together they match specific electrode signals to certain characteristics of music. Uh, Beyond creating a haunting piece of music, the study also provides insight into which specific parts of the brain are involved in music perception. It found that both hemispheres play a role, but the right hemisphere is engaged more than the left, which supports findings from other work according to the study. Uh, It goes on to talk more about the elements of the research uh the The researchers chose the Pink Floyd song for this study in part because it contains a mix of sung words and instrumental sections, but they had another reason too: The participants just love Pink Floyd <laughs> so like just the fact that this is possible, somebody has figured out a way to like play a song and then like you know sort of blank out or hit hit mute on a section of the song. And then have these people hooked up to these electrodes, uh, have their memories captured while they're listening to that song uh, during a surgery, and then have it pull out, uh, have it fill in the blanks. Basically, this is Brainwave Mad Libs, and they're like, we've told you the answer, and we've played it for you a bunch of times. Now we want the computer to reconstruct it off of a part where the song wasn't playing, and it's all from your memory. That's amazing. So... Two yeah, things. Yeah, that's amazing. One, holy shit, what a cyberpunk world are
2: we in uh-huh. where there are just enough people running around with, you know, electrodes in their brains, you know, to stop their epilepsy. Oh, yeah. There are enough of those that we can get some of them to do a test like this. Yeah. And number the- two. Yeah, I could definitely see their the Pink Floyd fans being like, wait, I get to do Pink Floyd for science? Yeah. Do whatever you need to do to my brain. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Bring on the electrodes. Yeah. Let's
1: let's <laughs> let's drill into my skull. People should be free to construct bridges between each other at will without any bureaucratic interference without anybody's permission slip. Uh it just should be uh, all governed by will.